It is indeed SAFM with myself, Bridget Masinga, on this fine Johannesburg morning. I hope you're waking up somewhere beautiful today uh, within the country. By the way, catch us up uh, on anything and everything. Our lines of communication are open. SMS, uh, Our SMS line is 41391, remembering that SMSs are charged at 1 Rand 50, and our WhatsApp line remains open on 061-410-4107. That's 061-410-4107. You can also use those means of communication to send through your big fat juices for the morning. Our first conversation is one that casts an eye on environmental issues. We're catching up with Michelle Wilson, who is uh, the Circular Economy Network Director for Waste Aid. Uh, And Michelle is uh, talking to us this morning from the UK. Good morning to you, Michelle. Having me in your show this morning. I'm fantastic, thank you. Cannot complain. A little bit on the tired, fatigued side, but hey, we are blessed, we are live, and that's all we can ask for, right? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Uh, So uh, let's jump straight into it, Michelle, and let's talk about uh, waste aid. And before we even get to the funding that's been awarded to you and facilitated by the Waste Resources Actions Program and the UK Research and Innovation Program, uh, maybe let's unpack a little bit what waste aid is. When did you guys come to be and what are the objectives? Great question. So Waste Aid was set up in about 2015, Bridget, Mm. recognizing that although a lot of international funding was going towards health programs, water programs, public health programs, waste as an issue was quite neglected. And I'm sure certainly in Johannesburg and around South Africa, you know, the issue of landfill, of open burning of waste, littering, you know, in many, many countries, because there isn't a regular collection system, mm. a lot of this waste leaks into the environment, causes you know health, has a health impact, has environmental impacts. And what Waste Aid is trying to do is, is support countries to set up waste management systems that help to recover that waste, but also recognise the value of it. That, mm. You know, if you bring it back into a circular system, it can be used again. So I think we see two sides. We've got the environmental imperative but we've also got an opportunity with livelihood job creation if we can harness that waste and bring it back into the system so waste aid currently is working in countries like cameroon mm-hmm. gambia egypt also we have projects in india and vietnam and then in south africa we've been working for the last two years really supporting entrepreneurs innovators working in this space and mm-hmm. i think it's to recognize there's a lot of really good stuff going on mm-hmm. and what we want to do is waste aid is to try to support what exists and unlock funding, uh, bring in more expertise, Mm. you know, and to try to build capacity basically at the municipality, but also at the local level. Yeah. I I mean, you know, you you bring up so many talking points, uh, Michelle, in just Mm. unpacking that one answer for us. And I think for me, one of the things that have always stood out is the fact maybe it is the way we go about educating people, um, the the Mm. languaging that we go about using when it comes to talking waste. You know, Uh, we we, we talk about uh, don't litter, don't litter, don't litter. But there's so many other Mm. dynamics like you you mentioned, Mm. you know, seeing the value in waste and bringing it back into the circular economy and a lot of people uh, we don't know that we're not enlightened by that what is your research saying on the ground i think you're i think you're absolutely correct i mean i think even use of the word waste Mm -hmm. is a little bit misguided misguided and actually 
trying to talk about resource recovery rather than waste recovery, that mm. actually these, you know, and we talk about throwing something away, but there is no away. You know, where is a way? You know, we're all responsible for materials that we buy, consume, and, and dispose of. Now, so I think certainly what we're seeing, there's definitely a shift. Mm. I think, you know, certainly with a younger population, there's a greater awareness. And I think, you know, what we've seen in South Africa in particular, there's, you know, hundreds of organizations that are now working in this space to recover organic waste, mm. turning that into compost. You've got now great, really good, you know, levels of recovery of Coca-Cola bottles, what we call PET. Mm. You know, the, there's the informal sector collecting that and getting money for it. Mm. What we're finding is the elements where there is no money, no incentive, mm. that is those are the materials that tend to litter. So mm. sachets, crisp packets, items which are very difficult to recycle tend mm. to be the ones that le- are left in the environment. And we do speak to brand owners as well. It's actually making materials that can actually be recycled. And mm. I think there's a lot of efforts around this as well, that if you're a brand owner, you need to be really thinking about the country that you're exporting your products to. Can this country recycle the materials that we're packaging our products in? So yeah. I think there's a much, much greater awareness. In South Africa, you've got the new extended producer responsibility legislation, mm. which effectively tells companies you are responsible for the cost of the, uh, not just the production, but also the disposal of this item. And we call it cradle to grave. Mm. You know? So I think... There's definitely a shift, um, but I think there's a long way to go. As you say, hearts and minds, you know, I would love that people would separate their waste at the household Mm. level so we can actually recover greater numbers and levels of waste, not just because you're going to get paid for it, but Mm. because it's the right thing to do. You know, so I think it's this trying to tap into what motivates people to, to do the right thing other than monetary motivation. But it's a tough one. But I think... There's lots of areas in life where you see, I don't know, in the UK, certainly, um, a simple example of putting your seatbelt now on as a driver is the law, and Mm. people do it as a matter of course. But that took a long time to come in. Smoking, Mm. you know, another thing where people didn't really see the issue about smoking. Now, behaviour change has come around. So I think with waste, we'll see a similar trajectory, but it will take a bit of time, you know, for people to see it as a resource. Yeah, it is uh, Michelle Wilson uh, chatting to us quickly this morning from uh, uh, she's the Circular Economy Network Director from Waste Aid. Um, and I've always been a proponent and a great advocate for separating at a source. And I think uh, a, a few years ago, there was some kind of legislation passed in South Africa actually saying mm-hmm. and encouraging separation of the source. And it perplexes me that in a city, particularly like Johannesburg, that is so complex and estate heavy, where mm-hmm. it would be easier to control such actions. Actions, um, you know, it's mm. just not encouraged, and I never understand yeah. why. What you know, what what is the problem? So, Michelle, before we run out of time, let's catch up on. Um, you mentioned Pumalanga having a waste yeah. problem uh, with minimal yeah. waste collection happening there, and mm. now that is where you're concentrating a lot of your efforts in South Africa. Yeah, yeah. So we've got a, a project. We're really, really um, honoured to be awarded uh, one of six projects globally to be mm. awarded. Uh, money to, to, to test out approaches to basically what we're talking about. Um, so we'll be having, it'll be in the Kramaklanga Hendrina area, mm. so looking at working with the municipality there to try different ways of behaviour change. So really excited, we had a team out there last week identifying young people, musicians, artists, 
to try to br bring more creative methodologies around encouraging behaviour change at the grassroots level. So mm. rather than saying, you know, you should not be, you know, separate your waste, how can we bring art, how can we bring creative methodologies into these messages to make it more exciting, you know, for people mm. to actually do the right thing? And at the middle level, looking at, okay, once we've got the collected resources, how can we encourage and support local processes to do more locally? Because what happens at the moment, Bridget, is a lot of these resources are collect collected, packed, and then sent all the way back to Johannesburg. Mm. And all the processing happens in Johannesburg. So we're looking at ways of keeping materials local so we can create jobs. Mm. So it's testing out different methodologies. At the end of the year, we hope to have some evidence that the local municipality can then use to help to decide where do they put their limited resources, you know, what mm. things have worked and where could we take this out wider into, into Malanga, but also into the into other areas of South Africa as well. So we've got a team on the ground in Kwamakanga and um, we'll be working on this project now until March of next year. It's quite short, but our aim is to, to really push for, for more funding. We also have a project budget that started out in Johannesburg training up. We're looking at 50 waste collectors to try to give them sort of holistic support to improve business skills at that really grassroots level, you know, helping them join with other waste collectors mm. with an opportunity as well to get some a proper business training and perhaps in, uh, investment into you know, low-level investment that would allow them to do a bit more. Mm. So we, we're working across the bird in, Johannes, in Johannesburg, looking to grow our, our activities, but very much supporting grassroots organizations, behavior change, and trying to tackle particularly these low-value plastics that tend to uh, stay in the environment. Yeah. Just as a final parting shot, Michelle, um, as we wrap mm -hmm. up our conversation, what have you seen or how long have you seen it to take for people to actually mm -hmm. change their behavior around how they approach yeah. waste? Yeah, it's a, it's a very difficult question to ask, but I think if you can get all the elements right in terms of... So what I've seen is if you do behavior change, you know, print really good communications of activities mm. but alongside that you have to have uh, you know you've got to have the collection bit right so mm. where i've seen it work is where you've got all the elements happening at the same time so mm. you've got the, the the push on the comm side you've got you know you've got the then the collection system happening so that if you've got all those things happening i think in a year two years you can start to see a shift Mm. If you only have one of those elements, it will take a lot longer and people can get a bit demotivated if they're doing separation and collection, but then the collection, sorry, separation side, but mm. then see it all mixed up again when it's collected. They're like, well, why bother? You know, so yeah. I think it's really about getting every set right. The sooner we get those right, the sooner I think people will see, wow, we live in a cleaner environment. I really like this. You know, yeah. this is, let's keep this up. And I think peer pressure also helps. You know, the more you mm. get critical mass of people doing it that then encourages other people around them so i think it doesn't need everybody in the beginning but it mm. doesn't need a critical mass of people who can influence the wider community michelle thank you so much for catching up with this morning uh, that it's was michelle from waste waste aid um and i hope we've uh, given you something to think about in your respective homes today yeah. perhaps looking at separating at the source recycling some of your edible waste uh, putting it back into mm. your garden and even holding uh, your retailers and favorite brands responsible uh, just as a, a quick way of shout out Woolworths being one of those people who, who responded uh, after hearing a lot of people crying saying listen we thank 
thank you for the convenience of our pre-packed and pre-chopped vegetables, but can you reduce your plastic? Um, and they definitely did try it, and they they took a decision, and when they took it, you walked into particular Woolworths, and it was overnight. There was no plastics. I remember walking out with all my vegetables in my hand because there were just like no plastics for you. Sorry about that. Um, so, Michelle, yeah. thank you so much for giving us so much food for thought. It is Jet Set Breakfast with myself, Bridget Masinga on SAFM.